1: Our man Jerry Dulek here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette wrote a piece where saying he thinks that Mike like Tom, job looks safe and that another extension could be coming pretty soon. We'll talk about that because there's also some conflicting, uh, you know, thought pieces from our columnists. We have Ron Cook, Paul Zeiss talking about the coaching decisions and the Steelers' way. Is it the right way right now to talk to talk about that with me? We have Brian Batko, one of our great Steelers beat writers, here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, breaking things all down here on the on, Pits, on the Pittsburgh sports scene with all of our Pittsburgh Post Gazette writers. You can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. If you enjoy this show, like the video. If you're if you're enjoying it, subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, as well as our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Joining us today, we normally have them on Fridays. But we're switching it up. We got Brian Batko. Here on a Wednesday. And Brian, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing just dandy. Uh getting ready to go go talk to our good people at the at Pitt at their training facility in, in, on the south side. But let's have you let's been working at... on
2: the pronunciation of uh of the quarterback the They, they, the
1: I'm trying. We're, we're trying to get Christian Veyu's <laughs> name right. Uh we're gonna we're gonna get it today. But uh, hey, a lot of
2: people have trouble pronouncing Phil Jerkovic too. And he's been a big name really? around these parts for like a decade. I still see people called Jerkovic. Uh, I see people spell him. his name wrong. Yeah, I mean, hey, but we're talking about, you know, the same kind of audience that has still misspelled James Connor with an O at the end for a really long time. So those are just pet peeves of mine. Um, mispronouncing Christian... They is a little bit, uh, you know, that's more forgivable. <laughs>
1: How you get that you are like, I am going to say this right. You 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 stop for a second and then get it right. Every time.
2: <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's respecting the cultures and, and backgrounds of others to to say and spell their names correctly.
1: I have to say Uyanga Lalay a lot so, uh, covering the ACC, so uh, that's one. But let's talk about the other team that trains on the south side in the same facility. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, and. It's it's been an interesting week, uh, just kind of you know just thinking things through and and hearing things. Jerry Dulek, our guy here, he writes that Mike Tomlin's job looks like it's going to be safe. Another extension could be coming, uh, which tracks. I mean that's what the Steelers do. They have the policy of re-signing uh, a coach two years before their extension comes up so that they're never in a season i presume this is why i so said they're never in a season where the coach is coaching while wondering is this their last year um and art rooney did kind of say like you know he liked the direction of the team and how it ended up on a, on a positive note uh at the at the end of the season um and you know he said he wouldn't get into mike tomlin's coaching contracts and he doesn't do that but you know i think jerry i think jerry's Pretty much right that that, that that as long as Mike Tomlin wants to keep coaching, the Rooney's are going to oh well Mr. Rooney Art Rooney II is going to let is going to say hey yeah we'll, we'll happily take you on here. But there's also been some conflicting thought pieces from our from our columnist Ron Cook questioned in, in in one of his columns uh that that came out Wednesday morning is the Steelers way the the wrong way and. He talked about, he talked about how, you know, historically, you know, there's, you know, this has been a thing, but, you know, there's times to, there's times to question, you know, if, if the Steelers way is the, is the right way, you know, bringing up Mike Tomlin's recent record and obviously the lack of playoff wins in the last several years. Um, and then our friend Paul Zeiss also wrote, you know, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles who just made their second Super Bowl since the 2017 season, 2016 season, excuse me, um, uh since the 2016 season and he's talked about their bold coaching decisions have led them back to the promised land um where nick sirianni is now in the super bowl with the eagles and doug peterson was in the super bowl with the eagles after they fired years many years after they fired andy Reid, and then fired chip kelly and then fired the guy that replaced chip kelly and then got doug peterson um but it's an interesting perspective here to look e- on either side of this are the steelers Doing something that's needless to keep up the, the the two year just the beyond Tomlin himself the two year coaching rehire you know renegotiation re-signing tradition it has that outlived its purpose if it ever had a purpose.
2: Yeah, I, I think it it has. I mean, I understand wanting to negotiate with players uh, when they're going into the last year of their deal. I, I I kind of get that self-imposed philosophy policy whatever you want to call it. You don't want to negotiate in season. We know that's a longstanding tenet of how the Steelers do business. And I think from a personal aspect, you don't want guys being distracted by that to a degree. Um, So that I kind of get. But, you know, Tomlin signed through 2024. It's not like next year would be his last one under contract anyway. I don't think the recent results have justified giving him that extra kind of assurance that you normally do because – if so, and if you take Art Rooney II at his word, uh, telling Steelers.com that all he evaluates on Tomlin on really is that he's he's happy as their coach, H- how do you paint that other than the guy essentially has a lifetime contract with, with the organization? Like that's a big, you know, that that's a big step to take. I think um, to to that degree. So um, I'm not a fire Tomlin guy. I do think that if there, I do think there's something to does a coach's Message or way of doing things can it get stale? You know, through no fault of his own. I think if, if anybody's going to be the test for that, the ultimate case study of coaches getting stale, it's probably a guy like Tomlin who brings that energy and that juice uh, day in and day out from uh, player number one to player number fifty three. Heck, probably player number sixty nine on the practice squad. Uh, we know how he operates and how much he loves this, but can can it just? Can things run their course and can a jolt of, of new energy and new life kind of help an organization get to these heights like the Eagles? But I know we were talking off air a little bit that, you know, as much as you want to point to the Eagles of saying, look, you can do it this way. You also have to look at teams like the Browns and the Texans, Lions, who've been a revolving door of coaches. It hasn't worked nearly as well for them. So the Steelers, they, they have a way of thinking. They have a mentality about this that has mostly worked for them for the last 60-some years, and I think it's going to be really difficult for Art Rooney to to move off of that, and I don't blame him for that. But I also think that at times uh, it's not the worst thing in the world to take a step back, reconsider the way you do things, and say maybe Mike shouldn't get an extension this year, and we can revisit it next year when we see how he does in 2023.
1: No, and listen, I agree taking a step back – can be the right move, you know, always evaluating, thinking about things, and not necessarily just sticking to it. But part of it may be, maybe they are. Maybe they are taking a step back and saying, you know what, this is the guy that, that, that they want long term. Because your question about, you know, the message growing stale, that's a, that's a narrative that I've heard, I've heard a lot about Mike Tomlin, message growing stale. You know, in- I think you hear it about any coach once they've been on a job for it, exactly. You know, it just, it's six, just, seven, it's the natural years, thing that, that let we just, alone that we just see. yeah. Right, exactly. Everyone says that about a coach that's been around a team for as long as Mike Tomlin has, and it doesn't even take as long as Mike Tomlin's been on the team to bring that up. But I'd hear that if the team was giving up in seasons, like if the team if the team had fallen apart this this year and they'd finished with four or five wins, then I'd be like, okay, maybe it did. But I mean, this team rallied. And and one and granted, yes, they're the the second half of the season, the uh, schedule of their season wasn't you know full of juggernauts or anything, but they were able to fight and win games with, with a rookie quarterback and and in those situations, I think it shows. It's it's not actually falling apart, you know. And to Paul's example with the Eagles, and he and I talked about this on Twitter uh, last week. You know, I, I brought up, you know, you know, people were talking about Doug Peterson, and well, oh, Doug Peterson got fired after winning a Super Bowl. The Eagles made the right move, and they should—that's what the Steelers should do: just fire coaches as soon as they have a bad year. I'm like, well, wait a second. Mike Tomlin this year was nine and eight doug peterson's last year was 4 11 and one and he had like a near mutiny on the sideline where multiple players were trying to like confront him because he was benching jalen hurts in the final game of the season and jalen hurts was upset about that and there was a lot of questions from people that were even captains on the team and so the eagles saw that four win season and and saw that chaos on the sideline and thought you know what we're gonna go we're gonna ride with the guy we think is the quarterback of the future and well, Nate Sudfeld to, and his family were pretty pumped about it. I'm right, Nate Sudfeld was happy that he got to go in over Jalen Hurts, who is the quarterback that is now taking them to the Super Bowl. I I, I look at that and I say, mm, I, that's a very different situation. If Mike Tomlin ever did lose the locker room like that, if they, if, they, if Cam Hayward was trying to confront Mike Tomlin on the sideline, I think that would be a very different situation. But we've never seen that. We've also never seen a four-win season or less under this uh, with, with the Steelers since 1969. And I think that's part of why the, the, the Steelers way, it, I, I think it depends on wh- who classifies what is the Steelers way, because you can say the Steelers way is this, that, and a third, I think the Steelers way is, you know, trusting your coach to pull them out. And if, uh, if they're doing, if they're doing the job and they're holding up that, you know, that the standard to keep them in the fight and at least keep them building towards something, I think that is, is, is worth it. But um I don't think it's guaranteed because like you said, you know, for every Eagles organization that, yeah, they turned through some coaches and they've had some recent success. I think that's more about the core that they've kept around guys like Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox and the players that kind of have been able to set the tone for that organization over the past seven years and their front uh, to, office has been the same too correct yeah exactly the front office Andy Weidel I think that's why the Steelers went and got him because he was part of that front office and the Steelers recognized hey the way that they're that they're they're bringing in prospects maybe we should be doing that as, as part of our process and I think that is part of you know seeing forward a little bit there and that's the Steelers willing to adapt but you know I think even beyond the Jackson, the, the Texans and the Browns and the Cardinals and all those organizations, I think a perfect example of the counter of the Eagles is the Giants. You know, Tom Coughlin was a guy who he would struggle for about two or three years and then rise up and win a Super Bowl. He did that twice for them. And then after back-to-back six and ten seasons, they called it quits and people were wondering, did they do that a little too soon because this is the guy that won them two Super Bowls? Well, lo and behold, they had, they brought in Ben McAdoo, made the playoffs for a season, then they got embarrassed, and then they went 3-13. and 13. And since then, they've been just churning out coaches, Shermer, then Judge. And they finally get one of Joe Dable that go, takes them 9-7-1 and one into the playoffs, finishing third in their division. Brian, but, Brian Dable, don't short us Bryans, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. We need our credit.
2: I apologize. If his apologize. name was anything else, I would, I would have let it slide. <laughs> you know, I, I need to stick up for a fellow bearded, short Brian. <laughs> he's short.
1: I never paid attention to I right. think he's pretty short. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> but point being, it took them a long time of churning through the coaches to get to this point that we're still not sure if it's actually working out. They, they beat the Vikings in a, in, a, in a playoff game because they played in a lesser conference. But – um you know, I I just, I look at this and I say like I am not so sure that everything is as straightforward as it is there. We're gonna keep this conversation going because we gotta talk about that. And I also want to talk to Brian about Tom Brady officially retiring here this week on the first day of Black History. Three Run.
2: three quick Google results. One says he's five ten. One says he's 5'8", One says he's five foot five. So we need to get that to the is, the,
1: the, we the gotta top get to Brian table. Yes. we got to get to the bo- bottom of this right here on the north shore drive podcast we'll do that in a minute here but first we're going to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors valley pool and spa would it be nice if the holidays were stress-free you can get a hot tub a swim spa or a sauna from valley pool and spa to help you feel like it is nice to be stress-free the cold has gotten back here brian it's snowing it's icy i'm having to scrape off my car i hate it if only i had a nice sauna hot tub or swim spa from valley pool and spa to help me kind of relax and forget about having to scrape off i didn't even realize
2: how cold it was because Mm -hmm. i have a garage which is like a
1: sauna for your car so it is nice yeah and and so actually that would be nice to have and if you want a sauna for yourself you can get a finlayo sauna that's going to help you handle your stress feel feel relaxed and forget about the cold outside right in your own home save big now in stock hot tubs swim spas and saunas at valleypoolspa.com that's valleypoolspa.com Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Brian Batko, our Steelers beat writer. Brian, let, let, let's let's keep this discussion going because uh, you know my going back through this and like listen again, I'm not against anyone questioning if the uh, if the Steelers' way is right or if the Steelers could could look at a thing there, but I, I also think that you know I, I look back to how. You know, people say Art Rooney, he's he's handling things differently than the other Roonies, and he and the other Roonies wouldn't do this. But I remember as a kid, and and I, you can even kind of look this up with some of the articles that this paper wrote back back around this time. But when the Steelers had just missed the playoffs for three seasons in a row, by uh, Bill Cowher had two losing seasons and then finished nine and seven two thousand, he got an extension, and a lot of people questioned. Was that the right move? Why are you doing this with a coach that isn't bringing you the results? And Dan Rooney's reasoning is, well, they finished strong in 2000, and he felt like the, that the locker room was building something, that they were, they were they were centering around Cowher at the time. And I, I look at that reasoning, and I, I compare it very much to the 9-8 finish the Steelers had this year where they're finding the new core that they're trying to build around. Back then, it was Cordell Stewart and trying to figure things out with Hines Ward and Alan Fanica and Joey Porter and guys like that. They were building that. And this Steelers core, you already knew you had Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, and Cam Hayward, but now you're finding Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Pat Frymuth, George Pickens. All those guys are coming together, and you're trying to invest to even build that even bigger. I I actually don't think that that, Art Rooney II – has changed that much from the past, guys, and that's part of, quote-unquote, the Steelers' way. I actually think he's keeping to the blueprint that got them their last Super Bowl and has kept them a competitor for the last 24 years.
2: Yeah, I think you make a good point that clearly they're happy with the general overall state of things, the sustained success from basically you know 1970 till now, but if you want to narrow that window a little bit, Uh, go back to, you know, '04, 4 no losing seasons since then. But I think the play devil's advocate of that, it would be to ask, okay, how long do you continue down this road of essentially saying, well, this has worked for us before, and we're confident that it's going to get us back to the promised land. You know, how long do you say that, essentially? I mean, I think you can do everything that you just mentioned, Chris, build this young core Allow Mike Tomlin to steer you into the next era, the next generation of Steelers football, without essentially giving him a piece of paper this offseason that says, Hey man, you're good for life. You're, like you're good. you, you, um, you know, there's no words the, there. Right. Because I think the other thing you can ask here, in addition, you know, beyond saying, okay, you finished strong, you went nine and eight, um, you you showed us what we wanted to see down the stretch, you could also say, why, has, why haven't you reached a level higher than the divisional round of the playoffs in six years? Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you can look at that from a granular perspective of, okay, Le'Veon Bell was out in this game. Ben Roethlisberger went down in this season. <laughs> Antonio Brown lost his mind this year in, the, in that kind of harpoon things. But you could also look at it from a more big-picture perspective of, uh, are, are we still capable of reaching those heights? Are we still capable of hitting that ceiling with the power structure we have in place. I don't know. I mean, clearly I think uh, another contract extension this offseason for Tomlin would indicate that the Steelers and and the decision makers believe that they very much are capable of doing that under his leadership as the head coach. Um, To again kind of, you know, play devil's advocate a little bit when when you're talking about how the strong finish to this season could be means to justify a, a new deal for him why didn't we say the opposite coming off of 2020 when they fell apart down the stretch, you know, that Mm -hmm. he didn't lose the team, you know, per se because they, they still won the AFC North and it was what, a one and four finish against some decent competition, Mm -hmm. but they collapsed at the end and then got hammered in the playoff game Mm -hmm. against the Browns. What happened that off season? He got a contract extension. So that's where I think some of the frustration comes in from people who think, or, or, you know, there, obviously, there's a big there's a fire Mike Tomlin contingent out there. The, those people oh, exist yeah. for for whatever reason, some fair, some not so fair. But even people like me who think he can still be the guy for the job, but you need to put a little bit of pressure on him going into next season. There's no need to essentially double down on this guy's set for life as our head coach.
1: No, and that's the interesting thing here too is that, like you said, his last season wouldn't be 2023; it'd be 2024. So right. it's like this season, there wouldn't be pressure on him to be like, "Oh, if you don't get it done here, this is this this is it." You could be match. a right amount of pressure, in my opinion. Right, there would be like there would be a, a, a sense of that there. Uh, and again, let's let's go back to the one of the first things you said on this show today. We're not guaranteeing that he is getting an extension. This was just Jerry writing his thoughts and his opinions. Um, you know, uh, you know, for for, for the Post Gazette, uh, Jerry Dulek, of course, that being so, that could be a thing here. I just. You know, I hear I hear that entirely. And if that's your stasis, is that there's no need to push it. That part. I, I agree. I just I'm of the opinion. I've made it no secret. I think Mike Tomlin is doing a heck of a job as a coach to kind of keep the Steelers afloat. I also think that, you know, if you're realistically like looking at like looking at the past few teams, you know, it's tough to say which team was supposed to go deep in the playoffs because. A lot of these teams, even this year's team with $36 million in dead cast space, were tied up by Ben Roethlisberger's contract And when Ben Roethlisberger either wasn't playing or wasn't playing that yeah. well. Th- that was a really
2: difficult thing for the Steelers to navigate at that point in time. Yeah. I think in retrospect, it's, it's hard to say if you're a longtime Steelers fan who loved and appreciated seven. But in retrospect, if that 2019 elbow injury happens... And he says, you know what, guys? I think this is it for me. I think this is a career ender. Really, could have jump started the process of, of rebuilding. I don't think you right. get those two middling, mediocre years with Ben on his kind of his final, his final legs and and arm. Um, but after the twenty twenty loss to the Browns, I don't think anybody wanted to see Ben go out like that, especially Ben himself. So I don't right. blame them for continuing down that road for him to finish out his contract. But I think we can all agree that the 2021 team was was never going to get to a point that you think, man, this was the last great Steelers season. Like they just didn't have that potential with the way Ben was playing. So uh, it it really was it was a catch twenty two of we're the Steelers, we're a patient organization, we want to see this through for one of our franchise greats versus time is of the essence. And I know there were people saying it at the time, prominent people. Uh, former players, Ike Taylor was one who definitely stands out to me. Of basically being like, Look, that's cool that Ben's staying, but look what the Bengals are building. Look what the Ravens are building. You're losing ground to these teams in your division every year that you do this. So now, now we're kind of, they're kind of reaping what they sowed in, in that regard. So, yeah,
1: no, no, it's so, yes, yeah, so on. sued. I the sued. They're rea- reaping yeah. what they sued. They would they- they- <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, it, it, you know, part of it. You go back to the contract. They negotiate. They renegotiate extended Ben Roethlisberger in 2019, just before the injury. Like that's how. Just uh, like that's unfortunate. You can't. Bad see timing, that timing. Yeah. Yeah, like that, that's just you can't see that coming, and I, and that's that's part of it. And again, you then tied yourself in twenty nineteen. You don't you don't want a single game. You go eight and six without him, but you don't want a single game with him in that in that situation. And he's taking up the biggest chunk of of your salary cap space. Twenty twenty, and here's the crazy part: if you're right, if he says right then and there, I'm done. That was it. I, I think I'm over. Guess who they could get in the twenty twenty draft? With? Even with that second second round pick, Jalen Hurts. Instead of going to get and getting Chase Claypool, they passed on Jalen Hurts. And the reason I think they did pass on Jalen Hurts is because they thought Ben Roethlisberger was coming back. And again, this isn't to, to say Ben's to blame for everything, but it's a very real situation that they had their roster has been built around him, and he hasn't been a carrying factor for this team for quite some time. Even back when they were, even back in 2017 when he was playing well, you know, I always point out to people. He hasn't had a drive in the playoffs where they were either tied or down by a possession that has resulted in a touchdown since the Miami Dolphins playoff win in the wild card round against in 2016. Yeah, the, the way um, I would frame
2: it is that it's not that Ben is to blame, but I think the challenge of navigating the twilight of Ben's career is still, to blame yeah. for for a lot of uh, basically the you know the mediocrity of these last few years.
1: Also accompanied by losing players that looked very good, like Ryan Chazier, Stephon Tuitt, David DiCastro. Marquis Pounce, you kind of see coming, but those last three guys, they thought that they were going to have them for several years right. at, 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 when, their, when their careers ended. So you lose all pro players. You know, I'm not sure if, if Tuitt made all pro, but he had 11.5 sacks last year. He was, he was year. all pro caliber at times, for sure. Exactly. And you combine that with also navigating it, I think that that's where again going back to Tomlin that's where it's like hey you know what this team should have folded several times over the past few few years and just kind of fell off into losing record territory and they have it and maybe that's what Rooney's hanging on to and saying you know what if he's able to fight through these times imagine when he's not hampered down by a year where they have 36 million dollars in, in dead cap space because they're tied to retired players and imagine if he doesn't lose his defensive MVP what could he do with that situation yeah. my last again, rebuttal
2: to that would be it's the NFL things happen Happen every year exactly. so right. things you know injuries unexpected uh departures you need to uh work through that but yeah cert- certainly hear what you're saying that when you look at 2022 in a vacuum uh there were a lot of obstacles that, that they had to overcome and you know they did to some extent but obviously not enough not to, not uh, enough to enough get to
1: the playoffs. right not enough to do that we're, we're always going to keep track of this kind of stuff to see just how how they keep doing Um, And if the, if an extension does come in this off season, if it does, I'm sure it will be, it will be revisiting this conversation, but it's one of those things that will never end in talking about in Pittsburgh nation until they do someday move on from Mike Tomlin, who knows if we'll be alive by then, but let's talk, (laughs) let's switch topics. I want to talk to Brian about one Tom Brady retiring and what we've seen at the senior bowl. So far, Tom Brady's officially retired. I think he says for good, but we've been down this road before. (laughs) Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we can talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Yinzers in the Berg. So, Yinzers, listen up. If you're, a, if you're a Penguins fan, you're a Steelers fan, you're a Pirates fan, you're anything Pittsburgh sports, you got to go to Yinzers in the Berg, the number one place to go to for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. With the Penguins, they're going to try to make their second half push just to, to keep up their the, the longest playoff streak in sports history. If you want to support them in doing that, you can get all the Penguins gear that you want at yinzers in the Burg, and they have two stores in the strip district that you can go to as you go to throughout the week but if you can't make it there if you're out of town and you're listening to the show go to yinzers pgh.com it's yinzers in the berg's website that updates every week with new merchandise celebrating pittsburgh sports and all your favorite players and teams right from this area again that's a yinzers pgh.com or either of their stores in the strip district for yinzers in the berg your number one place for pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much more back here on the north shore drive podcast chris carter brian go from the pittsburgh post we're talking things here brian as long as mike tomlin's been in the league there's been a tom brady and it appears maybe this time that he's actually done and retired and finished. We we taught, we did this dance last year when he announced his retirement, and people were doing their oh Tom Brady things. But now a year later, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have a they, you know they, they made the playoffs, but it wasn't exactly pretty. They had a losing record. They got stomped by the Cowboys. Tom Brady looked as pedestrian as ever heck the Steelers he was the one team his team was the one team the Steelers beat this year when T.J. Watt wasn't on the field and it's crazy to think with all the times that he's just walked into Heinz Field slash Ackerture Stadium well I guess it would have been just Heinz Field because they just changed the name so all the times he walked into Heinz Field and just stomped the hearts of Steelers fans and the teams throughout the years and then to see that version of Tom Brady playing I I get the sense I do think this is it though. I think that if you look, if he looks at the way he's playing, he does see it's very different here. A lot of people are talking. About, oh, he's gonna go to the Niners. He's gonna go here. He's gonna go there. I'm just like, man, like the Niners maybe, but they they want an athletic quarterback. They want someone that can move and take the hits of playing on a more physical team. I I, I do think it's smart for Tom Brady to walk away, and maybe he walked away just one season too late.
2: I say two seasons too late. You know, if if you go out on mm-hmm. top with that Super Bowl win, I mean, how can you beat that? But that's, that's the true. that's always the double edged sword of being a competitor. You win, you win one, point. you feel like you know, I'm still the best at what I do. Why am I going to leave now? So right. actually, kind of ties in a little bit to you know what we were just talking about with the final days of of Ben Roethlisberger. I, I mean, mean, you know, both neither guy went out at at the top of their game. Obviously, uh, Brady is is unfortunately going to have to wear that. 19-12 to 12 loss to, uh, or no, who did they lose to? Oh, the Cowboys. Cowboys. They got wrecked, right? Yeah, Cowboys lost 19-12 to 12 the next week to the Niners. But Brady's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to sit on that forever. Doesn't cheapen his legacy or anything like no. that, obviously, but uh, not a storybook ending for him. And yeah, it was, it was pretty emotional, the video that he posted to Twitter on Wednesday morning. You, you could tell that he was choking back some tears, uh, either a really heartfelt message from a polarizing figure, or somebody who knows that he had to put on a good acting job before he goes and joins Josh McDaniels. <laughs> the Raiders. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to think that, that he's done now. If, if not, like if not, it really will hurt his legacy, I think, with some people. If he actually does pull a fast one again and goes full Brett Favre on us and retires and unretires for a second time. But um, yeah, I guess my, uh, my main takeaway from this is, Guys such as Josh Jackson, Elijah Riley, and Quincy Wilson and James Pierre made sure that Tom Brady did not get the last laugh against the Steelers. <laughs> Always give it up to them. you Remember, f- that was the game that the Steelers were missing. Minka Fitzpatrick
1: and yeah, Wooderspoon, wow. Cam Sutton, pretty much everybody. I couldn't, I, I could not believe that they actually won the game. Like I, I remember riding, t- I always park downtown and then take the tee to the stadium because it drops you off right there in, in, in where I need to go for the media entrance. And on my way there, people are like, yeah, hey, you're Chris Carter. Do they even have a chance today? And I was like, man, it's hard. Do to people see stop you, like that. you in public a lot like that, Chris? Uh, We're just on right. Steelers game days. No, not to brag, but uh, it does happen quite a bit. How do you how do you
2: even go out like to eat or you know go get gas, (laughs) guys, guys,
1: guys? No, do you have people Uh, go to
2: the grocery store for you?
1: (laughs) No, I do not do that. I'm not what
2: what Tomlin said a couple years ago, right? That he hasn't
1: been to a grocery store in like ten years. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Rem- I do remember that. He also used to go out to bars a little bit more in in the in the area back in the day. Like you know, they used to read the occasional story of him walking in and buying everyone a tab if they didn't b- b- bother him. Now you don't see him do that anymore because he's. You know, it's a little different when you've been coaches somewhere for fifteen years. Uh, but no, no, no. I, I I'm always very happy. And I think it's it's very nice. Pittsburgh is a is a wonderful city. I mean, you and I grew up in this area. You know, I, I think that. People are very nice in this city, and it's different, you know, because you know, people love their sports. And when they see you, and they they were really like, "Hey, just like your stuff," and I I always appreciate the th- that that when people do that. So uh, I was actually talking to
2: T.J. Watt last summer. Uh, oh, I think okay. it was about the pickleball thing, and he made a point to say that he loves Pittsburgh because he can go to the grocery store and yeah, people notice him, but they really don't but bother him. Is,
1: yeah. yeah right and i think that that's the, like no one's ever been like oh my god to me because i'm also not a player i'm yeah. just a guy yeah that i mean talks
2: if gets to your level someday it might be a different story
1: right. but yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah he's okay. um but point being with tom brady and, and getting and getting back to his talk i want my whole thing on this is i can't blame tom brady for sticking around and i know that there's the divorce and the family stuff that came around that i don't like to make fun of that or make light of that because that that's that's personal stuff that's family things and that's life stuff I don't want to you know jab at that but it's hard for me to get on a guy who imagine how many times in Tom Brady's year someone said dude it's over like like just stop Like, like you even even before he got to be Tom Brady when he was a six-round pick out of Michigan like come on man like you know, like you, you don't run fast you don't got a cannon arm you know you're you're playing behind Drew Bledsoe you're never gonna get a shot and then even when he after he won his first three Super Bowls he said you could have hung it up man you you got three Super Bowls you're going to the Hall of Fame you're legendary and then you know each time with the Patriots in the 2010s you know how many times he could have retired and then even after he won his sixth Super Bowl with, with the Patriots he could have done it again and he said no I'm gonna go somewhere else and do it and Who's to tell that man who won a seventh Super Bowl with the Buccaneers that, hey, you can't do this again. And let's not forget that last year when they when they were in the playoffs and they were a competitive team, they barely lost the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. So I I, I can't blame Tom Brady for sticking around too much. I just think it's interesting. I, I just I, I just think it's, you know, it's interesting that we, we you know that this has happened. Now we'll see if uh, if he actually is retired in some time. But last thing here, here's, here's the conversation
2: heard. on that. That you're not ready for, Chris. Who is the quarterback for the Buccaneers next season, and why is it Mitch Trubisky?
1: Dang, I wasn't ready for that conversation. Mm. (laughs) Or is it Mason Rudolph? Oh, that could be crazy. Uh, We could we could be seeing a, a, a Steeler go lead in Tampa. All right, Brian. Last thoughts here. You've had a chance to kind of sit back, read what our friend Ray Fidapato is writing in Mobile, Alabama. We'll have Ray on the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast because he's Ray doubling up Bowl. this week. Wow! Yeah, doubling up, Ray. We we get we, he gave us a preview of the Senior Bowl. He'll be the the last practice is Thursday, so we've had day day one practice we saw yesterday. Day two is is like right now, I and mean, then day three will be tomorrow. The practices are what people mostly pay attention to. The game itself is kind of cool to watch, just to see yeah. how things play out. But what has been your read on the players that you've seen or the the things that you've seen coming out of the Senior Bowl this week?
2: Well, first of all, if you're going to have Ray on the show twice in one week, then the second time you need to call him Ray Ray Fittipaldo. Add a second Ray. Um, So far from reading Ray's piece on the offensive lineman that he did early in the week, I I went into this draft cycle thinking that if the Steelers are going to take an O-lineman especially high, they should get one with some position flexibility. They really don't have that among their starters right now. Like Chooks Okorafor, they, they kind of tried the whole left tackle thing with him. It either didn't work or they just decided that it, it wasn't the right time. But either way, he's never really moved off that right tackle spot for whatever reason. Seems like he's comfortable over there. Dan Moore, you know, maybe he could slide inside to guard, but you know, mostly a tackle in, in college. And uh, that's obviously all he's done so far at this level. Kevin Dotson is strictly a guard. Um, you know, James Daniels and Mason Cole, I think they've got versatility, but they're pretty well entrenched in their spots right now in their NFL careers. So I think a guy like a, a Peter Skoronsky or Paris Johnson, if they're there, would be intriguing because they have played uh, multiple spots on the line in, in college, if I'm not mistaken. However, I, I can't, and I assume Mike Tomlin in the Steelers brass are having some of these thoughts too. You can't not see a guy like DeWan Jones from Ohio State in the physical yeah. profile and not salivate a little bit over what he could bring you. I mean he's 6'8, he's got the longest wingspan uh, you know, that they've ever seen at the Senior Bowl. I know Ray was chatting about that on Monday. Mm-hmm. I wonder about the fit because I think he's strictly a right tackle, but man, you you just have to imagine getting somebody like that in here would fit a lot of what the Steelers believe in terms of large people up front and coaching sharpening those physical attributes.
1: No, I hear you that as I deal with sun issues here on camera, breaking through my blackout curtains here in my office. Uh, but no, um, I, I'm right with you on that. And this is this is something that I think is interesting about the senior bowl group because when you look at a lot of big boards and the top 17 players, because the Steelers picked 17th overall this year there's real, there's only like one senior that, that usually pokes through it. And uh it's, I think it's the, the edge rusher from Texas test, Tyree. I'm excuse, his name is escaping me. Tyree Wilson. Point. Yeah. Tyree was, he's the one guy that's a senior that a lot of the guys that Steelers could be looking at this year are underclassmen. And I know yeah, the not in Mobile. Was, right, right. In, in Mobile, excuse me. Uh, but, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that you know, I know that you look at the last two years, Kenny Pickett, Senior Bowl guy, Najee Harris, Senior Bowl guy. So people are probably thinking, well, maybe it's going to be another Senior Bowl guy. I'm not so sure the first round pick is, but the 32nd overall pick, the 50th overall pick the 80th overall pick those guys might be there and Dewan Jones he had a really good rep against a- Andre Carter one of the better edge rushers of this class that's expected to be a late first or early second round pick uh, and he kind of dominated him there so he had a good look but you know Matthew Bergeron the Syracuse offensive tackle he had some really good reps uh, there at the offensive tackle position um, but also guys like you know in other positions Julius Brents was phenomenal as a cornerback in the first day as as, as, a, as a as a as a cornerback and he's a very Ike Taylorish build. Of 6'4", kind of stocky at like 200-some pounds. Um, There's going to be a lot of different guys that you can look at this year at at different positions. Because remember, the Steelers, they have a lot of needs. You could go offensive line defensive line and there were some guys there like Keanu Benton and Carl Brooks who looked really good. Uh you could go back up edge rusher to keep to get your depth up there. Savassi, Dennis the Pitman is that linebacker in this in this class. And then of course cornerback and even wide receiver where we saw some guys come, coming up big coming up big where I uh, I think it was the big guy everyone was talking about was Jaden Reed from Michigan State. His route running was insane in the practices. So yeah, let's
2: let's see how these one-on-ones go with the receivers and the corners and if anybody kind of works their way up uh up draft boards just by their drill work at, at uh down there in at the
1: senior bowl right that's where i'm at is that we'll keep watching these drills and these practices to see who stands out because that's how guys like christian watson stood out and became a second round pick for the packers last year that's where it's going to be interesting but the senior bowl it's always a fun time to kind of get more steps and learning about the guys in the process and then of course the nfl combine not too far off that's going to be the big day where would you be in indianapolis for that brian or are you staying here
2: I think I'm going to stay here this year. been to India a couple times for the Combine. Now with two little ones, um, probably easier for me to stay home this year and, and help out the wife with the kids. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jerry Dulac will be there. So uh, always fun to see what what comes out of the Combine. That's when, to your point, Chris, you know, we'll, we'll get everybody in this draft class in one place, and a lot of those candidates for the Steelers' number one pick uh, will be out there in Indy.
1: Absolutely. We'll talk more about that on Friday in the North Shore Drive podcast when Ray Fittapato gives us his reporting and his opinions on what he saw down there. Because it's not just the players and how they play. It's who the coaches who are visiting and the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, uh, where were, were, was all there. Um, People watching you know, people people watching seeing who's talking to whom and what relationships might be the most important to keep track of we'll do that on the friday episode thanks again for brian for joining us on the wednesday episode of the north shore drive podcast we're from the pittsburgh post-gazette chris card and brian batko if you enjoyed this show like the video on youtube subscribe to this youtube channel to get all of our daily content from the post-gazette as well as as our Monday, wednesday friday episodes of north shore drive we're back friday with ray for the we'll see you then thanks for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast of the pittsburgh post-gazette If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.